This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, what I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah folks we got a loaded show for you today and just so you know i decided to do this on a monday as opposed to our unofficial holiday which is the super bowl totally forgot that it was the super bowl sunday i normally record my shows on sunday and when i figured out and remembered that it was super bowl sunday i'm like nobody's gonna listen to the show on us on this sunday they're going to be prepping. They're going to get excited. They're getting hyped for this day. Hopefully, they're being safe on this day. And I got a feeling some will, others won't. It's just the way it is. Unfortunately, 
Uh, so if you, hopefully, if you were if you're a football fan that you watched it at the safety of your home, that you're not above the law, you're not more powerful than the powers that be or Mother Nature, and you care about other people to keep yourself safe or distant during this time. So. Uh, hopefully everybody had a good time with it. Hopefully nothing has happened uh, during that. Hopefully, quote unquote, because you're listening to this. I don't know what the hell is going to happen on that day. But nonetheless, um, we're, you're hearing this on a Monday. So we decided to go on that direction. But we got a lot of things to talk about in terms of new trailers, uh, some shows being renewed, some some of our favorite shows being renewed i should say some of them not and we'll talk about that thoroughly but of course we can't go through this show without talking about wandavision because marvel studios always seems to get us to talk about wandavision because every episode there's something to talk about and if you thought that they couldn't top last week's episode oh did they do that in strides and we're going to talk about all of that and more so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, to start it off, I want to give my thoughts on the Coming to America 2 trailer, which finally hit airwaves and finally hit social media and Oh, so many people are talking about it. I'm looking at social media. I looked at it on uh, Facebook, shared it with the ACMG Facebook group. A lot of people are excited about this. If you look at like if you go to like certain uh, formats like Rotten Tomatoes and everything, a lot of people like majority of the people are actually excited about this. There was a lot of likes, laughs and loves on air, some cares, some woes and of course, the, the vocal minority with their little angry emo- There's always a, like a, a small percentage of angry uh, emojis on, on Facebook when you see stuff like this. It's always funny. It's like it, it's 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 hilarious. But I digress. The trailer is out. And I, I, I got to tell you, I'm excited. I'm excited. Now, with that said, I like the trailer. I didn't like the song selection of the trailer. I think the song selection didn't give it the depth or or prestige that the movie deserves because when you when you saw the original for those who were around when the original coming to america was out and you saw the trailer of it the music was better and i think they were trying to update the music for a more modern tempo and it didn't exactly work for me it didn't give it that like oh this is going to be an epic event type of thing, but still based on what it is and who it is, you still kind of get that feeling of it all. But the trailer is awesome. It starts off with them showing the city after 30 years later, they're going back to New York, a very crowded non COVID New York, I want to say. And you see Prince Akeem and, uh, and, 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 uh, what is the other character? I forgot the other character's name. Uh, Prince Akeem and uh, uh, Simi by Arsenio Hall and, and Eddie Murphy, I should say, um, going back to the barbershop where all of the characters did Arsenio Hall and and, um, and and Eddie Murphy portrays are back in all of the barbers and everything. I love it. And they, I, what I love about it is that they look much older than they did back then. So I love that they aged them even more. They also have Jermaine Fowler, who uh, comedian uh, Jermaine Fowler, who 
actor and comedian, I should say, who I think this is a great choice. I actually like the character. He's done a TV show that unfortunately got canceled a while back called Superior Donuts with Judd Hirsch. If you're listening to this and you don't know who Judd Hirsch is, that's because you're young. <laughs> for those of my age, they know the show Taxi. He was most known for that. Maybe Dare John, too. But they picked him to be the son of Prince Hakeem, who is who happens to be, I don't want to say a bastard child in some cases, but he uh, was he was conceived not by his now queen, which is Lisa McDowell. This was during his sowing his world oats, I guess. And he managed somehow, some way, you know, uh, Jermaine Fowler, whose character is named Lavelle, is the heir to the throne. And uh, Prince Hakeem had to actually, you know, he had to actually seek him for somehow. Um, you also have him going into the house to meet them. And the, uh, Lavelle's mom just happens to be Leslie Jones, which I love Leslie Jones from SNL. And now she's doing her own uh, TV show as well. She's in there and, you know, he's not trying to, you know, get there's a little funny scene in this in the trailer where he's not trying to, like, accept his father or trying to take any money. And then all of a sudden, Simi drops a whole bunch of money from a briefcase with gold. And he's like, oh, it's time to go time to take a trip. So now he's in Zamunda. And this is awesome. Apparently, also, Prince Hakeem and Lisa has daughters as well. Like he 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 has no outside of Lavelle. He has no daughters. I mean, no sons. He's the only son, but he has a whole group of daughters that he had uh, had over. And I guess the roles of Zamunda, there's a certain, you know, chauvinistic role where, you know, women don't take the throne, I guess. And of course, with Lisa McDowell there, that that's going to be changing because they're having a bit of a dispute over that, especially the fact that he went to seek Lavelle to take over the throne when his older daughter, who's probably more suited to take over the throne, is, uh, you know, looking to want to take that responsibility. So that's where the whole situation is with that. But it looks awesome. The, the, the movie uh, looks awesome. I love that virtually the entire i would say all of the cast is back plus you got some new generation of people as well i mean you even got james uh john amos back as chloe uh cleo mcdowell you got james earl jones come back as Ch king joffy and then in addition to that you have wesley snipes as general e uh izzy or easy who is supposed to be the enemy of prince hakeem <laughs> and that's going to be funny because the dynamic to deal with that even sexual chocolate is back you gotta love it the dynamic of this is that uh he wants to take over the throne and and take over for them so that's going to be interesting to see where russell snipes uh character is going to be at because he's kind of wants to overthrow the uh the, <laughs> the royal government uh arsenio hall is playing a brand new character this time of this ancient um you know this 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 priest this really, really is insanely old priest who has to circumcise Lafell. <laughs> it's hilarious. It, it's awesome. I love the new characters that you got. Like I said, I mentioned Wesley Snipes, uh, Leslie Jones. You got um, who else? La Louis Anderson's back. Like literally, they got the entire cast back from the old deal. Um, 
you got who else is here michael blackson like you got the new breed of actors coming here you got lanelle all, all the comedians there tracy morgan who plays lavelle's um uncle i believe in here and they decided to come I, it's it's just awesome rick ross somehow is going to make an appearance for what i'm seeing here as well uh david uh lingell and the reason why i mention him because he's on wandavision right now so i mean it's just it's crazy i am so looking forward to this and believe it is coming when is this coming out this is coming out very soon um trying to get a actual date for this looks like march 5th it is coming out and it's exclusive to uh amazon prime i think this is a great great acquisition for amazon because they got a lot of people who've been waiting to see the sequel i mean we didn't even know that the sequel was coming or if, if it were ever come we've been waiting for this for i mean it's 2022 i'm sorry 2021 i should say and that movie came out i think during the 90s when was the original coming to america all right let me let me look this up real quick original coming to america came out 1988 it is 2021 and we've been waiting forever for this so uh and, and the great part about it is that everybody looks fantastic like arsenio looks great uh eddie look they look appropriate for the age during this time which like they still look great they still look in shape you know it's it's gonna be awesome I, I i love it i can't wait to see what wesley snipes is going to do here because wesley's character looks like he's going to be hilarious in here so and it's great to see wesley snipes back like all, despite everything that is going on in his life wesley snipes is still the man he is still nino brown he is still blade and if not for him in that movie we probably wouldn't have any of these comic book movies that we have now and i will not stop talking about that because that needs to be talked about you talk about black history how about let's talk about wesley snipes as the as blade in the movie that literally helped make the movies that we have today if they, that movie success helped other success of x-men spider-man all that so he, he deserves some type of award for that or for him to be able to pay all the taxes back that he owes but <laughs> he, he deserves it but it, it's awesome I, i'm looking forward to seeing this movie with a passion um which is funny because this movie with all the all of the new blood uh actors and comedians that are a part of this movie this movie can be compared to that of star wars the the uh latest star wars movie remember when star wars the force unleashed uh came out oh the force awaken came out and it was a big deal because it was the first new star wars movie taking place after jedi and everybody wanted to be a part of this movie everybody wanted to be a part of this coming to america has that sort of equivalent prestige whereas a lot of people love that movie that movie was so great it, it could be watched over and over again it's one of the movies that you can learn line from line and scene from scene and it is absolutely awesome and i you know there's a lot of people there's a lot of people who actually wanted to be there. like john landis did a hell of a job i it's gonna be interesting too because john landis is not directing this and i think that's where it comes down to because john landis who directed a horde of great movies and michael jackson thriller if i remember correctly he um you know you now you got greg brewer who is directing this now and it'd be interesting to see how well he has done i mean he's done hustle and flow he's done some other great things so 
be it'll be interesting to see how well he's going to be how well he's going to compare to what John Landis did. This is some big shoes to fill, man. <laughs> I know he's done some he's done well with some other great films. Hustle and Flow did get nominated for Oscars, but man, you you plan you you're you putting all your bets in it. So we'll see. We'll see about that. So in other news, I want to talk about. We're gonna to go to the. We're gonna go back to comic books by way of live action TV shows. Uh, the Flash is coming in March. I thought it, I swear that it was supposed to come in January, but I guess they, you know, put it over to March. There's some comic. Uh, there's some uh, CW comic book uh, DC shows that are coming out this month as well. We already got Batwoman. Uh, Superman and Lois is expected to come this month as well. So. The Flash already, already hasn't even come out yet. Renewed for season eight, along with 11 other shows on the CW. A lot of these shows before they came out. That's including Batwoman is getting a third season. DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which there's there's mixed support for this. There are people who, who love the show. There are people who don't love the show. You got this is Legends of Tomorrow is a show you just got to take take it for what it is it's like it's not a show that's going to be directly rooted to any comic book per se it's a totally different concept that they did using some characters and giving some shine to characters in the dc universe and i dig it i I dig it for what it is um and i'm not a dc fan like that and i'm a casual fan maybe that's why i dig it as much as i do because i'm not like a hardcore dc fan i'm more of a hardcore marvel fan so if they did something like this with marvel I don't know if I would have, maybe I would feel the same as those who don't like it, or maybe I would because Marvel Studios does a great job. But I also think Greg Berlanti Studios and production does a great job with the way they write and do that. I think also a lot of people want just the heroic cliche type of thing, and they don't do that in Legends of Tomorrow. It's a comedy. It's an action comedy show. That's pretty much what it is. It doesn't, which is a different feel from when you have batwoman or or black lightning or riverdale or you know arrow when it was out you know stuff like that you 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 don't want the same thing every single time it's not cookie cutter and that's a good thing so i the writing is always good the comedy is always hilarious they always have a ball wherever they go you know and and they also screw up time consistently (laughs) so i just wish they got um firestorm back firestorm was one of my favorite characters in that show but it was really sad and it was really sad how they went out and uh professor stein dying at the any events of um crisis on infinite x it's oh man that was so that was hard that was that's still hard to watch that was just goes to show like people were really really sad when when uh professor stein died and we won't see firestorm anymore just uh i don't even want to go there but riverdale is also being renewed however as we talked about black lightning for whatever reason is not coming back and i wish i hope sometime soon or sooner or later we'll figure out why that why they decided to end this series because i feel like every time when you have a show that's that's based on um the uh, the black culture uh, the african-american culture i should say and it gets so real I feel like it gets cut. It just cut by the um, cut by the legs. I, I swear, it, this was happening. If you watch Black Lightning, it's hardcore. Black Lightning was the superhero version of New York Undercover. You had like a great 
superhero and some really heavy, realistic, real world type of stuff. You had some great music that went along with it. I mean, heavy, hot music in there. You had great characters in there. And the, the, the narrative and content was maybe too heavy for some people to handle, you know? And I don't know why, but I, this show deserves to stay off. The, the, the talent in there deserves it. I'm glad they at least gave them sh- like some shine, you know, when it came to crossovers and all this stuff. It's, it's just a shame because I think Jeff- the Jefferson Pierce character is a great, strong role model like character to go by. Like he's he's a school principal and he's a superhero like who's trying to, you know, keep the community safe. I know some people can't relate to that because they live in different cultures and communities or whatnot. But, man, we need stuff like that. We need to see stuff like that. But we also see, need to see these realities as well. I don't know if the current events have said, like, OK, we can't keep doing this because it's getting too real on the real world. So we don't want to put that into, the, into TV. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe or maybe they actually only made it to have four seasons. That's possible as well. Um, Supergirl is also another one that will be ending this year as well. So it's like at the same time, it's like, okay, we can't say we can't point the the race card on Black Lightning because Supergirl is also ending as well. Uh, Supergirl is going to be stepping down and in its place, the baton is being passed to Superman and Lois, which premieres later this month. And I'm looking very for very much um, forward to that show. And they're going to premiere it with a two-hour event, too. So I am excited. I am so excited for that show as well. Meanwhile, Green Arrow and the Black Canaries will not see the light of day as well. Um, That one I'm also sad about because I liked the story that they had. I think that was was the best part of the last season, of the last two seasons, was they were kind of leading in to what his daughter was doing in the future. And how they were following up with everything that was going on and how she was in crisis on infinite earth and all this stuff. I thought it was awesome. And I would have loved for them to have followed up. I thought the per- the actors who played Oliver's uh, daughter was awesome. I thought he was awesome. Uh, I thought she was awesome. So um, both characters, both the son and um, her, which is absolutely awesome. And, and, and I was looking forward to seeing so much more of what they were going to do with that. But it's unfortunate that's not going to happen, but at least the good news is we get we're getting our CW shows back and hopefully we can make them stronger. And I don't know what they're going to do next in terms of big saga events or crossover events. Um, will we see the last of them? Who knows? We'll see. But so much. I'm so happy because the CW shows were a part of my normalcy <laughs> of what's going on. So at least if I could have something else to suspend my disbelief and just take away of everything that's going on in the world, CW has done it very well. And I, by the way, I'm loving the Batwoman series right now. I don't like the way that they carry Ryan's uh, character right now, but I, I get that she's grooming into this, the, the bat suit. I do like the new wig that she's wearing with the natural hair. I dig that. I'm loving that. So, I am looking forward to seeing her growth and evolution as time goes by, but so far so good. I like that there's they are they also are dealing with issues, uh, systemic issues, and you know she is uh, LGBTQ, so they're also continuing that advocacy as well. So I dig it. I love the show. It's awesome. I got a feeling it won't be coming on tonight because of Super Bowl Sunday, but 
Um, it is a show worth watching. I think she will make a great Batwoman and a game changer as well. So it, it, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to it all. All right. It's time, folks. We got to talk about it. My thoughts on the fifth episode. The Let me rephrase that. My thoughts on the fifth game-changing episode of WandaVision. I didn't think they were going to... I didn't know how, or I didn't know if they were going to be able to top last week's episode. Let me take a breather. Because let me tell you something. We were in... We were, I was watching this Friday and every Friday I, I, you know, post the, uh, on the ACMG Facebook group, which if you are old enough and have a legit site, uh, a legit, a legit profile page on Facebook and you want to socialize with people, you could go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG one. I will warn you, we heavily screen out every single account who tries to get approved. You got to answer every question. And you have to make sure that you are who you are. No, no burner accounts. No need for that. We're trying to be social. We're trying to make friends. We're not trying to be high, hiding from everybody. You don't have to do this introverted, mister, mysterious account type of thing. If you're not looking to be social on social media, why are you on social media? With that said, I post every week a, uh, a you know, talk time post on air giving people the opportunity to drop their comments their thoughts not spoil it for anybody else with random posts or whatever like that and we all have conversations boy did we have a conversation about this episode blew me away in ways that i didn't know and I'm, i was late because i was recording the select start podcast while doing it so i i do unleash this one while they're doing it i got to turn notifications off so i won't get the notifications of what people are saying during there so i can by the time it happens i watch i can watch it and be blown away by it and thank you thank you to many of the members for not spoiling for me because in, in fact what i love about it was that so when i was start when i started chiming in on what was going on some of my members i'll give a shout out to jessica um in our facebook in our acmg group who wrote a post who wrote a comment in the post with a meme saying waiting for you to get to the really good part because things were just getting crazy in this episode and then i finally got to the big part and i wrote i won't say it in in, in hindsight but it, i said holy f are you effing kidding me and in the in all caps multiple ex exclamation marks and everything and people just went crazy oh and laughed at my reaction because it was legit so let's run down exactly why i did and said what i said on there the show starts off setting now late the show uh starts off with the setting of wanda's westview now in the in the 80s early 90s sitcom mode so we're talking like uh growing pains and and uh to full house and and and, and um what is it family ties as well like it was a mixture of it was a hybrid of or an amalgam of all of those type of uh shoes the twins are crying the twins are still babies at this time like newborns at this time the twins are crying and wanda tries to use her powers to stop the uh, kids from crying but for some reason it isn't working wanda and vision feels that they need help with the kids when suddenly right on time is 80s agnes arrives just in time to help with the kids this is going to be an ongoing thing 
She asked to hold the babies when Vision told her not to, not to, which apparently wasn't in the quote unquote script. And it threw Agnes off because Vision wasn't exactly conforming to what Wanda wanted to do, which that was telling as well, as opposed to everybody else who's conforming to what Wanda wants to do in the, in the world. Um, she asked, it's like Agnes then asked to hold the babies when Vision told her not to, and it confused Agnes as she asked Wanda whether she wanted her to take it from the top, and that just that it just it that moment got so awkward in a good way. It was awkward in such a good way. I'm like, oh my god, what is happening here? What is going to happen? Is this? is this gonna just blow up the whole thing somehow some way they managed to get back into the swing of things um this may but this made vision very skeptical and question why she did what she did the kids finally went quiet thinking that every they went back to sleep but not but in fact they grew up and is now like five years old so they they went from newborn babies to five years old out of nowhere so this is a sign of wanda not having everything under control so a creepy beginning followed by a tribute intro opening that was a basic uh tribute to family ties growing pains and full house like if, if any of you are old enough to watch family ties or have watched family ties when you were young you know that the opening intro to that started with a a canvas painting that they were painting on there so that was right there and then you had pictures of the kids and the parents, uh, you know, as kids growing up into adults or whatever like that. And then they showed the actual person in the present. That's a, that's a growing pains um, homage right there. Which, by the way, can anybody see, like, kid version of, uh, of Vision? <laughs> you saw Vision as a kid, as an adult, or as a teenager. And then you saw the present version as an adult. And then they did the full house thing where it's like, at the end where... The, the camera pans out you know outward into the sky like there's a drone or whatever so they had that it was it was cool it was a cool tribute you got to see if you watch any of those or all of those sitcoms you recognize exactly where they got those from so it was pretty awesome and, and here's the other thing too elizabeth olsen is the daughter i mean is the sister i should say of the olsen twins who was on full house so this was in hindsight somewhat of a uh, tribute and homage to her sisters in some cases as well because they were in full house they were in that little you know that that uh sequence that opening sequence where they pan out as well so that was that was a cool little um tribute to them as well so i i love what they did with that but then this this show unlike the other shows switches on from wanda's westview world to reality so we go into reality we then see uh we then go to sword headquarters where they examine monica while also asking her what she remembers about the experience in wanda's westville uh, westview world i should say during the debriefing they went to a debriefing uh along with jimmy and uh darcy the active director asked jimmy if wanda had uh a silly coat name of any kind and I, I i you know this is when you start to see the director the sword director really start to uh be questionable and i i read somewhere that he was going to be a questionable uh character in the in a, in a series here and um 
it's it's interesting because now we're starting to see some shades of things happening. Um, he's trying to simplify the actions of Wanda and Jimmy Darcy and Monica are not seeing it that way. And they're trying to um, they're trying to, you know, trying to bring more depth into why she's doing what she's doing. So it's 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 going to be interesting because now he's like he's going to become this straightforward type of guy whereas like everybody else is trying to see because she's an avenger she helped she almost helped you know kill thanos you know she is you know but she's also in hurt she's also been hurt um trying to put things into perspective that vision is gone and she doesn't have anything else her her brother's gone uh, vision is gone, uh, you know, but she, you know, vision's now back. And we also now understand how vision came back. This whole thing totally answered the question of what happened in that situation. So we got the, uh, we then see Monica, Jimmy and Darcy have disagreements with the sword director, whose name I keep forgetting as he considers Wanda a major terroristic threat. The director shows footage of Wanda breaking into S.W.O.R.D. headquarters to retrieve Vision's corpse. Now, this was interesting because here you have... Uh, now, we, we, this is the part where we start to realize what happened to um, whether Vision is actually real or not. It turns out Vision is, in fact, real. Vision is, in fact, Vision again. She managed to actually bring him back. So, we got Vision back. That's official. As of right now, I should say, we have Vision back. So, um, and by the way, I finally got Director uh, Hayward. So, I'll I'll just say Director Hayward from this point on. But Director Hayward is seeing her as a terrorist threat, but they see otherwise. But direct, uh, Director Hayward actually showed the footage of her breaking into a hidden sword headquarters to retrieve uh, Vision's corpse. Which, by the way, what were they doing dissecting Vision? That's the question. Um, it was also mentioned that bringing back Vision was a direct violation of the Sokovia Accords, which is connected to not only Civil War, but also the LMD episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you guys remember, they that was something that they uh, covered on uh, that series, if you followed with that series. So I love that they still made mention and made Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. relevant. Because the LMD situation is still a thing. Coulson is still around. People don't realize that Coulson is actually dead. But his, what's being shown around is the LMD version. And it would be really cool if we do see Coulson along the lines of this as well. Maybe in some form or fashion or later on in a, in a group or whatever. But Phil Coulson is the man. That's all I got to say. Um, we, Which, by the way, Phil Coulson is actually Dum Dum Dugan in a sense. And I say that because if you if you read the comics... Dum Dum Dugan in the comics right now is an LMD because he's too old. He's never he's way too old to be that young in this generation of Marvel. He was around during the the, the World War II era of Captain America. So there's no way in hell that he's alive. So this is, you know, Coulson is kind of taking over for the Dum Dum Dugan role of the LMD type of situation. And I'm all for it. So we then go back to Wanda um, Wanda as she catches her twins watching a dog they found now if you watch any any sitcom in the 80s or 90s you've seen storylines just like this so this is rather a 
cookie cutter cliche type of storyline that they're doing um it, it so she finds they find out she they found a dog that was lost no leash or whatever like that and they want to keep the dog we've seen this all before what we don't see before is the side character come in popping in at right on time with something and this is the part that gets really weird because agnes suddenly pops up out of nowhere not with a dog house which again makes vision suspicious like how does she just happen to know that they had a dog and she had a dog house ready for that dog that they didn't that they didn't even decide to keep yet okay so wanda and vision then decides to tell the kids that they're they could not be responsible for a dog at their current age of five and it would be better for them to have a dog when they are 10 so what did the twins do the kids the twins decide to turn to transform and age themselves five years more so now they're 10 year old kids so now they're able to be able to you know take care of a dog um and also take note they're doing this while agnes is in the room and vision is really wondering why is this all happening and why wanda is doing all of these you know all these things in front of agnes including using some of her magic and this is worrying vision this is again a sign that vision is not only alive but he's thinking for himself now we see that he's not conformed into the ways that everybody else is all the people that are kidnapped in westview uh, is going so this is this is bringing more intrigue meanwhile during this whole entire thing agnes is not even phased by the idea that these kids are aged or anything that's happening right now so this also plays a factor and take note agnes is still the only character that has not been identified i know somebody in our acmg facebook group said dotty but dot here's the thing if you go into i imdb you see agnes is going to be in every single episode all nine episodes Dottie is only going to be on four so i don't see her as a real factor here i still point as agnes as the main factor and possibly the person who may be behind all of this i would also take note that in this episode darcy played by cat dennings officially called wanda's powers hex which if you read the comic books before you know that uh her powers is called hex powers her mutant ability is called hex powers i should say because in the comics wanda maximoff is not only a mutant but she is the daughter of magneto so think about that especially as we move on to this show they begin talking about how wanda's powers are getting stronger and i'm saying they as in jimmy uh darcy and monica we're going back at to to the sword uh, bunker and they talk about how our powers are getting more powerful and gets into a debate or a discussion whether she could have taken out thanos on her own because if you guys remember on endgame she was about to literally she, <laughs> she's about to really take that dude out uh and thanos managed to you know get through you know get away from her jimmy mentioned uh that captain marvel could have taken him out as well and for some reason this kind of ignited monica in a way that she deflected the idea with a bit of animosity there so we have reason to believe that monica has some beef with uh carol because if you guys remember monica rambo is the daughter that we saw in captain marvel who she loved carol 
I mean, loved her. So something big must have happened during the time that she was going. And I think it, I, my prediction, my belief is that it has something to do with the mom, with uh, Maria, who was our best friend. Now, when Captain Marvel left during the 90s to do to be out of space and everything, she had a lot to do. She was going around the galaxy, the universe or whatnot to, you know, protect everybody in, around the um the universe and she mentioned she even mentioned that she made a soft mention to that on uh in game when they were debriefing with um with with scarlet not scarlet witch with uh black widow and i remember if you remember um rocket made um like a little small joke about her haircut and everything and you know saying that she doesn't have time to you know come around every single often because she's going to be gone for a while she like listen i got to patrol a whole entire universe as opposed to one or two worlds so i'm not going to be here all the time and i think that kind of plays into her not being around during the time when maria had uh was diagnosed with cancer and then eventually passed away she was nowhere around so that's going to be interesting to see that's going to play because you got captain marvel 2 that's coming out soon so i think that is going to be revisited on captain marvel 2 when that comes out when it finally comes out so I'm, I'm i'm very much interested in that story dynamic and they just pretty much planted the seeds of that right now so i i this is going to be very interesting uh we go back to westview where vision creates the internet <laughs> during the time because it's the 90s and you got to remember the internet was always around even before we before it was commercialized and it was around the 90s it it the internet, if I remember correctly, is it was commercialized during the 90s for everybody to use. But before that, it was only, I believe, a government used type of thing for transferring information. And then, you know, it became commercialized with AOL and all the stuff and we got to dial up. So we got a little bit of a, you know, sort of kind of a history is a little bit of altered history is Vision wasn't the one who created the internet. It was him. But Lo and behold, what I didn't mention before during the discussion of of Captain Marvel and and, and debate of um, of Scarlet Witch, aka uh, Wanda, is that they were working on a way to communicate again, like like Jimmy did before on the last episode. But this time they were doing it because Vision created the internet, so they were able to send out a email message to them, which then ignited everybody in that office to say everything that to repeat everything that was said in that email it was weird um and then again vision got suspicious right there um so that was that was really interesting he touches one of the uh people held captive and it manages to snap him out of uh the hex trance which by the way that guy that he touched i've seen that guy in so many commercials uh you know that has come it's awesome to see him in such a big um project like this i've seen him in other places as well but he's been i've seen him in recent commercials i'm seeing a lot of people in commercials recently end up on shows and i love that i really love seeing stuff like that because i love seeing people's careers you know get bigger and bigger what what an opportunity to have then to be on multiple episodes of in, in a prominent role in this project of wandavision so he uh he snaps him out of a trance but he tell but the, he ends up telling vision in a panically manner that he needs to stop wanda as she is in all of their heads 
and I mean everybody that is held captive, and it's causing all of them pain. And he's panicking so much to the point that Vision has to put him back into the trance. And for some reason, Vision has the ability to do so by touching him. So he knows that something is definitely not right going on in the world. Meanwhile, at home, Wanda and the twins play with the dog and the twins ask where is Vision or their father. They have a reason to believe that he has deserted them. Which is a normal cliche kind of storyline that goes on in these uh, in these old uh, '80s and '90s TV shows. It's a really hilarious um, to see, you know, how much they put into this. They have um, they also ask whether the uh, mom had a uh, whether their mother had a brother. To which Wanda tells them that she does and that he is far away. And of course, he's talking about we're talking about Pietro Maximoff, which unfortunately he died in the events of Age of Ultron. This version died in the events of Age of Ultron. Wanda and the kids discover that an 80s drone controlled by Monica has entered the world and she is not happy with this. This is when things get extremely deep because Wanda be uh what is it uh wanda is not happy they showed a image of her with the uh eyes glowing and then suddenly all of a sudden you know the drone is not being uh able to be controlled has been compromised um director hayward overrides the drones however and weaponized and to monica unbeknownst to monica the the uh, drone was weaponized to shoot missiles at wanda and the kids and Unbeknownst to director Hayward as well, that the kids are real. The, apparently, everything that she's creating in that world is real. Uh, so the kids are actually real. So that also is something that um, people were wondering about whether the kids are real. Apparently, according to Monica, she believes that the kids are real and everything in that world is real. Whether they will be real after the fact, that's a whole other thing so that's going to be interesting um the plan failed however because wanda came out of the bubble of westview in her normal scarlet witch garb that she's worn during the end game uh series and is now holding the damaged drone she throws it back at them she's back into reality only to warn sword and director hayward to never come here again uh to um again and bother her again while guns from the sword agents are being pointed at her, take note. Monica then tries to reason with her, and she sees Monica and is like, oh, you're still around? <laughs> She's about to throw her into another few miles again. But she manages to try to reason with her and lets her know that she was unaware that Director Hayward had uh, weaponized the drone at all. Uh, that wasn't her intention. And that also... Wanda can read her mind and see that she was that it wasn't intentional on her behalf. Wanda then uses her quote unquote hex powers to control the sword army, to which then points their guns at Director Hayward as a major warning. That I mean, that scene was awesome. Because the minute she waved her hand, they immediately turned right around. And it was like when I saw that, it was like, whoa. <laughs> Wanda may at this point at this point I don't know what's going to happen in the next four episodes but at this point 
she may be one of the most like vicious villains I've ever seen since Thanos and Wilson Fisk. Okay. And, 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 and I, I, you know what, in, in terms of villains, in terms of villains right now, Thanos, Wilson Fisk, Wanda Maximoff, and then Kilgrave from, uh, from, Perp, uh, from, um, Jessica Jones, those four, right. These four right now. And, and, and as far as I'm concerned right now, Wanda is a villain. Whether she's going to be from the next four episodes, I don't know, because that'll determine who is and who is the real antagonist here. Is Agnes somebody else? You know, that that becomes the situation here. She leaves. She goes back. The barrier that she creates has now been, I guess, changed or more disrupted as ever, keeping everybody out now. And then we go to a commercial, a new commercial where they're advertising Lego uh, Lagos paper towels and the commercial is hilarious in a sense because lagos is the place where wanda mistakenly accidentally killed many people trying to save many people uh from crossbones who actually turned himself into a living bomb and in hindsight you know that was one of the things that she regrets as well so in fact this absolutely proves that every one of these commercials are fragments of her memory because she makes the Lagos paper towels thing. It's, it was a reminder that, you know, the paper towels are supposed to help clean away any mess that was made. I love that commercial. I probably love that commercial more than all the other commercials that was made so far. Wanda and the we then see Wanda and the twins who are looking for their dog around the neighborhood only for Agnes once again to pop up to find the dog dead as she claims that the dog was eating leaves from her garden. The leaves apparently maybe have poisoned the dog and he's eating he's eating too much of it. And all of a sudden the dog instantly dies. The kids were so hurt from the death of their dog that they were going to age themselves once again. Wanda stops them to contradict herself in some cases by saying you don't you can't bring people back and you got to deal with the pain. This is the same person who revitalized vision, but I guess she could do that, but not her brother. Of course. Um, the kids asked their mom to bring the dog back as you did vision, which is kind of different because vision was tech is technically like a humanoid type of thing. He's basically science as opposed to living kids. But then again, she created the kids as well. So <laughs> there you have that. Finally, Vision is alone with um the with Wanda. Well, I should say that he was he was able to come back to see that the dog died and the kids were hurt and he, you know, he helped comfort the kids at that point. The we then go to Vision finally alone with Wanda in the house as she's doing dishes where he can talk to her about the fact that he knows that she's controlling people in in that in that town. She tries to end the discussion by rolling the credits <laughs> in, <laughs> in the episode and Vision is not having it. So they're having an argument while the credits are rolling. And I'm like, I thought this was hilarious because I'm it, well, I'm, I'm saying it's hilarious. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, things are things are about to jump off really bad. But they're having this argument as the credits are rolling up. And I'm like, dude, I wish I could actually have arguments where credits were rolling up at the same time. 
<laughs> I thought that was very interestingly done. I thought it was awesome. Uh, she tries to end the discussion that way, but the argument just gets uglier and uglier to the point that both of them are levitating in the air in anger. And the music change thing, the tempo change, and it was like, oh my God. I am at this time, I'm sitting in my chair. I'm not doing anything. I'm totally glued to what's going on in this episode. More than I was last week. Um, it gets so ugly. Vision just tells her that he doesn't remember a thing about anything other than what's going on in his town. And he is it is frightening him. And he also notices that there are no other kids in the town other than them. So he's piecing everything together, knowing using. By the way, people, if you ever want to understand what critical thinking is, watch Vision through this entire episode because that is what critical thinking is <laughs> that is what he's doing right now he's questioning every single thing that is going on you know to try to piece things together he also wants to make sure that wanda was unaware of everything that is going on here whether she's totally the cause of it she's trying to convince vision that she is not the one responsible for things that's going on despite the fact we know that she sees that thing is going on but what we don't know is whether she is in full control of everything because there are things that aren't working to her advantage and there are things that are. So there may be a higher power that may be shadowing her in this case. And, it, and then again, we get Agnes, who if you remember in, I think, episode three, she was questioning where Monica was or where Geraldine was because that was Monica's name at the time. Uh, and they were questioning because she may be a defector of this whole entire thing so agnes is truly something else other than what we were who she is we may not know as of yet I, there's a lot of speculation of two people in fact of who she is one of them being mephisto and i honestly i would love for that it would be very interesting suddenly the doorbell rings and vision thinks that it is her doing she clearly keeps telling them, it's not me but you don't believe me anyway so Wanda goes to the door and this is where it gets crazy. This is where, this is the part where I go, holy F, are you effing kidding me? In caps. Wanda opens the door, answers the door, only to discover that it is none other than her brother, which we only see a back, uh, you know, the camera pan to the back so, to see Wanda's reaction to it. Now, stupid me, before I even figured it out, I see a, a man with gray hair. <laughs> I don't know why, but I think it might have had something to do with Monica saying that she knew somebody, an aerospace engineer. I had somebody say that, that was she talking about Reed Richards? I'm like, that's possible, but that would also be weird because Reed Richards is a scientist and not an engineer. So... That may not be, but it is interesting the fact that she mentioned an aerospace engineer. So now... I know people are going to go around looking to see who can be a character that was an aerospace engineer. You know, it may not be Reed Richards, but it damn sure may be um, Ben Grimm. Could be, could be Ben Grimm in this case. So we have that. And we see, I'm thinking, I really thought it was Hank Pym. I really thought that the person in the back was Hank Pym. But that was only because of 
you know, based on possibilities of what he is, but I don't think Hank Pym is an aerospace engineer either. But we come to find out that is none other than her brother, Quicksilver. However, it is not the Quicksilver from the MCU that died at the events of Age of Ultron, but Quicksilver from Fox's X-Men series. That from a from Days of Future Past, from Apocalypse, from from uh, Dark Phoenix. It is Fox's freaking <laughs> Quicksilver, man. I my mouth dropped immediately during this time. Darcy is noticing things that are going on on the TV in the sort bunker and realizes her brother has been recasted and it just ends off right there. Now to also take note that this Quicksilver, this Pietro also is wearing a leather jacket with a Hawaiian shirt and pants to mimic uncle Jesse from full house. So many things in that one moment. I, I love Marvel Studios and I hate Marvel Studios for making it episodic like this, but now it's given us something to want and, and anticipate for the next week. Thank you, Marvel Studios, for giving, for bringing back that feeling that was lost over a year ago that many of us needed during these troubling times because this is dearly missed. And now, you know, it's 2021. We are seeing, we are absolutely seeing these things come back. And we got now Evan Peters, who is Quicksilver and the Fox Cinematic Marvel Universe <laughs> making his appearance. And I am extremely happy. Now, the question is, is he real? Is he going to be that same Quicksilver, does this have anything to do with the multiverse uh, going on in, in, in Doctor Strange? A lot of questions need to be answered here. A lot of questions need to be answered here because this is just, it's its going to be, <laughs> this is going to be a game changer. We, we may have seen the first step in the evolution of the Marvel Cinematic Universe merging with the Fox Universe. This is it, this is huge news. Oh my goodness. So many things, so many things to go by by this man, but I mean, people were just out of the I mean, the reaction from everybody is just insane. For those who really slept on this, uh, this series from day 1, they got to be kicking themselves in the butt. I knew there's going to be a lot of people who were saying like this show was this show was too slow. Where's the action? All this stuff. I knew they're going to they're, they're going to use confirmation bias. I know they're going to deny that this show is actually good now, that, th that things are changing now, that the build is real because they were impatient and they don't want to admit that they're impatient. There was a reason for it and we're getting it. There are now memes out in social media of people react how they reacted to it before and how they react to it now. And it's funny. One of them is showing um, Thanos being force fed uh, episode four. And then all of a sudden he likes it now. <laughs> People don't sleep on slow build. The slow build always rewards you. Bar none. And this show five episode five episodes in 
is doing just that. So, God, I'm not I'm not even going to ask how are they going to top this because it's only going to get crazy from this point. I just want I can't wait to just I, I'm telling you, I've said it before. When I when I get to the last episode, when I get to the last episode, I'm just going to binge all through this whole entire thing again. And it's going to be glorious. I can't wait. I'm just going to stop it all right there, folks. That will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I am going to review SSSS Gridman and uh, give you my thoughts on that. So we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. Hey, this is Brian Donovan, and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Leave Hurricane! Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Play! Alright folks, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of the 12-episode series known as SSSS Gridman, uh, a series that Toonami is now playing and I can never see because they air it at 2 a.m. in the morning here in the East Coast. And if you're in the West Coast, you may actually be able to see it because it airs probably at 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock in your area. There's a three hour difference in Toonami, unfortunately, only airs this show, both all their shows simultaneously. So while people on the East Coast can see it earlier because of their three hour difference, we end up seeing it awfully late which is why i never get to watch um naruto shippuden during those times because it airs so late so i would probably have to dvr it or whatnot in order to watch any of the shows that i want to watch uh, during that time i wish they had a east coast west coast station but they don't but what they what i uh, what i do have is funimation because sssss gridman is a funimation production and they ha they are licensed they have a license actually not production but they have it licensed so i can watch it on that app in every episode so i was able to watch every episode uh sssss gridman is based on the japanese uh live action tv show or i should say tokusatsu series uh denkoi chojin gridman which is sort of like in the same realm as ultraman so you got one of these characters who who uh transforms or grows ginormous and fights against different kaijus that tries to destroy entire cities you've seen a lot of these i mean ultraman and so many more power rangers all that but there's a difference between what the power rangers does and what ultraman does because ultraman grows himself whereas the power rangers man uh actual machines and transforms into a big robot to do that gridman kind of does both in a sense he grows into he grows into an entire uh, entirely giant being but also uses uh machines to uh, machines as armor so to speak in this case so 
they have a 12 episode what i usually call ova series based on this uh to sell i guess to celebrate the uh the series now what a lot of people may not know is that this series actually not only aired in japan but at one time did air in america as well um very interestingly so there was a series called superhuman samurai cyber squad and i have reason to believe i watched an episode or two of this i think it came on on abc during the time and i don't remember because there were so many shows like it at the time like you know power rangers was the first one and then you had the beetleborgs and then you had common rider and so many others and then you got different variations still to this day you have different variations of power ranger shows super sentai series of such out here um so they were just they just happened to be one of them i funny thing before i even get to the review of the uh anime the i posted when i was researching this and i i discovered that there was a u.s version of this series uh i had people i i posted the uh picture of the logo for the series on acmg to see if anybody actually remembered the show apparently some did actually watch it um shout out to my man mike landy he said he remembered this show he used to watch it alongside power rangers vr troopers i remember that too and here's something tattooed teenage alien fighters from beverly hills i swear to goodness i never heard of this series at all and thanks to him he actually showed me a youtube clip of the intro which apparently used to air on pbs this was like you ever i need i need my old i need i need my um my grown folk people listening right now who used to buy transformers back in the day and i'm talking g1 or used to have transformers you know who parents brought them transformers back in the day you ever go around to a corner store and maybe this is my community maybe this is the black community so i need my black grown folks possibly eating this you ever go around the block and you have one of those like um asian owned stores that used to sell a whole plethora of different conveniences or whatnot but some of them would be like cheap cheap toys and some of them will be, will be like cheap knockoffs of some of the most popular deals that we have and i know some of you out there know this one like when you brought you wanted to buy transformers or in particular Soundwave, and they didn't have those type of things but in in this place they had a transformer that turned into an actual radio that was a real radio but it only played fm <laughs> i know some of you own this i used to own it as well i a lot of you have owned this transformer it wasn't you can't call it transformer because it's a brand name but it was a robot that transformed into a radio that was supposed to mimic blaster and and sound wave to that extent but it actually played actual radio but unfortunately it was am radio like yeah that's what kids want to listen to <laughs> but there was always a cheap knockoff of a popular toy line out there this the tattooed teenage alien fighters from beverly hills which aired in 1994 was exactly that you had these low budget ultraman like uh team that was supposed to be a mix of ultraman meets power rangers but they're from beverly hills what the hell was that about <laughs> i gotta tell you for those who are young and listen to this now 
we didn't think things through back then in the 80s and the 90s. I would even go further as back as the 70s, 60s, 50s. There's some things that that doesn't apply to logic or defies logic to a point that like we just suspended our disbelief so easily back then. There was no the term critical thinking was not. In, you know how vision is now, like I mentioned on the, in the last segment, how vision is thinking things through because things doesn't make sense. Vision is a modern day thinker in a world that doesn't make sense. That is what we were. And that's that would that's what would happen if we would go back in time into a lot of these TV shows that we see now. Like I, I made fun of this so bad because this was ridiculous. Tattoo team, and of course, this is them trying to market off of successful, uh, you know, shows like the Power Rangers or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because to be successful, you had to make some heroic. You know, all you had to do is make some heroic looking people and give them a, a, a like a four to five worded name for their team. Because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the and still is the most successful franchise of all of them. And now everybody trying to, you know, the biker, the biker mice from Mars, you know, stuff like that. They everybody wanted to peel off of the success of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Power Rangers and such like that. So I guess this is how you got the teenage the tattoo teenage aliens from Pepper. that I, I can't even fathom what the, what the narrative of that was about oh my goodness but you know along the lines common rider was common rider and the power rangers were some of the most successful super sentais out there ultraman of course is one of the most successful live action you know shows out there ssss gridman apparently was also so that's they're playing off of that and that was one of the most successful um you know shows at that time maybe not as successful in america didn't know i think it only lasted one season but it continued in japan and now they have anime based on it i think the anime in my opinion is much better than what i saw and it, because they were able to do more things than you could ever do in the live action where you have somebody in a in a costume that didn't have too much mobility to it <laughs> you got people in kaiju costumes that didn't have much mobility to them well the anime answered all of that because they had such great fight scenes some great battle scenes some great dialogue things made more sense in this world than it probably did in the old episodes ever did so but I think some of the elements of the old series did remain the same here. The story focuses on a character named Yuta Hibiki, who has uh, amnesia, and he's a first-year high school student in the fictional Japanese city of Susu Jida or Jidai. Um, which, by the way, here's another funny thing: the junior high school, the high school that they go to, is called Neon Genesis High or Academy. Yeah, um, if you are a longtime anime fan or a or consider yourself an otaku, you know that Neon Genesis is directed to Neon Genesis Evangelion, <laughs> which is another type of, uh, I guess you could call that a. It's an anime that plays off of a uh, Taku Sasu, um, you know, style of play. But Neon Genesis Evangelion is also considered one of the greatest animes of all time because it just takes you in a mind trip throughout the whole entire thing um this kind of slightly does the same but uh he meets with hyper agent gridman in a old computer which i believe is some of the premise 
of what the old series used to be as well, uh, who states that the boy has a mission that he must fulfill. Yuta sets out to find uh, the meaning to those words uh, and his memory loss. And not only is his memory loss, but you get other people eventually being lost in certain ways. And it's funny because I watched this series and it reminds me a lot of what I'm seeing in WandaVision. And uh, another series I recently reviewed, and that was Infinity Force, which all plays around this world that was being created by somebody. So you got that situation. The sudden appearance of Kaiju eventually changes the usual dynamic of Utah and his classmates. Utah is able to merge with Gridman to fight Kaiju. But after the Kaiju attacks, people's memories are reset and those who die are forgotten as the Gritman Alliance, which consists of a few of his friends uh, in here as well, uh, Rika and Sho, uh, is who is our classmates of his they uh were the only oh where am i off yuda is able to uh merge with the great man to fight the kajus and along with his friends after that and um they team up with other people other uh you know people that are fighting against the kaiju or whoever's threat is in here as well so all through this time you got yuta and, and his and his uh teammates who formed their own group you know try to find out what's going on along the way they meet up with other people as well uh who are who become actual assistants to them um such as samurai caliber uh max boar and vid these four people are very instrumental to Gridman and uh hibiki because when Gridman transforms they transform into parts that can help build him uh, Samurai uh, Caliber uh, is, is a known character to carry around swords and he always comes exactly at the right time when Kaiju comes in informing Hibiki to come on to you know merge with Gridman and then in hindsight he becomes he transforms into Gridman's sword Max becomes a different component of his as well and transforms into a body part that um, that assists Gridman uh, bore all of them becomes arms legs and weapons that helps Gritman become even stronger and you see this all through the entire you know series but what we don't see is who is causing all this problems you also see other characters too you have uh Akani Shinjo who is possibly the main focus and main antagonist of this whole thing because we finally learned that she is the one that is control not only creating the kaiju she is she's wanda maximoff she is wanda maximoff in this whole thing she is controlling the entire city she's creating she's taking away she's killing everybody she doesn't like and just to all this to try to conform to her comfort she's trying to create her own comfort zone and by doing so ridding herself of anything that antagonizes her but in fact she's antagonizing everybody else it, it, it's Hubi, uh, Habiki and the rest of the group that is trying to stop her from doing all this and make and, and allowing her to get out of her comfort zone and deal with some of the things that she doesn't want to deal with in life and along the way she is also accompanied by Alexis Kirup who is actually possibly the main manipulator of this entire whole thing she's he's manipulating Akani Shinjo through this whole thing now Akani in this whole thing don't get it twisted like 
she is being manipulated but take don't 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 get it twisted she's batshit crazy <laughs> she is she's 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 twisted in her own right as well but it doesn't help that alexis is actually also feeding her nurturing her to this whole thing as well uh and it goes through all the entire way and then you know there's a whole bunch of monsters that uh, kaiju that she creates this whole thing i should also mention the character anti or anti-villain if you will which is a character that is actually a kaiju in human form created again by akani shinjo and what's significant about this character is that he is determined to kill hibiki determined to kill Gridman, and he is think um vegeta in a way or uh or uh bakugo from my hero academia who's just like raging just full of rage out here and he his only only mission much like hibiki is to complete his mission with Gridman, his only mission is to kill Gridman and hibiki however in the midst of all this this kaiju who from what we understand kaijus aren't meant to have emotions and, and feelings or soul or whatever he encounters a, a lot of humans along the way some friends along the way and including uh rika at, at one point uh who he ends up befriending and by doing so he he starts to question himself throughout this whole thing as to why he needs or should go after uh hibiki and gridman in this whole thing so his whole entire allegiance to akane and, and um alexa karip becomes an issue and that turns into a dynamic and a situation that comes in too so uh his character is very interesting in here indeed i i like him especially it's a really fun character to say the least and his kaiju form is awesome i won't say what uh, he evolves from this form i won't say that if you haven't seen it but he he evolves from this and some things happened along the way um in this story that's really pretty cool but he, he's one of the more standout characters in here in terms of antagonists and, and such like that or bad guys if you will and such so he's awesome um what makes this so good and why i ended up you know getting more intrigued by this is when i saw the actual commercials for this on toonami first of all the character design the mech design of this is beautiful i mean i love seeing like this i mean his design reminds me of that of uh ultraman the new ultraman series that is being uh that is being aired on uh netflix and we're expecting another season of that series coming soon so I, i'm looking forward to watching that but it looks exactly like the new version of ultraman the new design and everything uh i like i do like the like habiki and the other characters design the humans characters design I wish they were a little bit more traditional in a sense, but I mean, they're still awesome. They're, I mean, they still look cool, but when it comes down to the Kaiju and Gridman and, and, and his, uh, his other, you know, armor parts and everything, some of the most stunning looking mech design I've seen in quite some time. And then on top of that, the animation is so flawless and it makes you understand why anime has become such a great genre of art. I just love it. The, the fight scenes, the combat, the battle scenes are some of the most action packed you'll ever see in anything you've ever seen any in, in, in shows based on like Ultraman or whatever like that. Like 
it just makes you feel like you like rather i i'd rather see these ultraman type shows in anime form because you're able to do so much more and rather japan or america have not figured out how to well america kind of does right now because they're doing godzilla and 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 um king kong right now and now we're gonna have kong and you know godzilla that's coming out so they do have somewhat of an idea if i think in due time we may see a ultraman series or even maybe a gripman series who knows but right now i love what they did at anime farm i love all the characters that they have in here they're easy to get into the story is not entirely too complex as you would think now my only letdown here to this is that i you know when when talking to some people on social media or in particular the acmg facebook group i was made to believe that there was going to be a crazy ending in here and it was it was but not to the extent of what i thought that they were going to be so maybe i was expecting too much or maybe i shouldn't have, i should have um lowered my standards or lower my understanding of how really much of a big deal but it was the ending was great the ending was great but not nearly as mind-blowing or blow like i wasn't blown away by the events by the events of great man as i was with marvel with, with wandavision like not in that not in that stretch or hell when even we or even how we saw kenta pop up in aew this week as well a lot of big surprises this week like i wasn't that excited but the story flowed really well the character development was really cool i you know allowed me to get into the characters i you know was very much into every character in here um I thought it was I, I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed this from an animation standpoint from a character development standpoint uh nothing nobody really stuck out but I, I here's my other thing too we I, I guess we did kind of understand how Hibiki lost his memory but I felt like he was still he still had amnesia during front of time and in and I don't think we ever got the answer of how he got it but I think we kind of did from the understanding of what Akani uh akani shinjo was doing so in that in that case maybe we have but nonetheless this is a very fun easy to understand easy to enjoy uh action-packed series i highly recommend everybody go out of your way to check it out if you can't watch it if you're in the east coast and, and don't like staying up till like god knows how long to watch this series and if you own funimation which i highly recommend people own it's like for 5.99 I think they have they got two packages one i think is 9.99 the other one's 5.99 but you can't miss it funimation always has some great con phenomenal content for anime um fans out there and it just keeps coming as well uh grid man is on air all 12 episodes in english and in uh japanese sub go out of there check it out enjoy it it's a great action pack anime to check out so if i give this a great uh you know what definitely a even if, even even though i wasn't blown away by how the, how it ended because i was expecting something really crazy it's still a fun series i give it an a i just enjoyed it fully you know i, I loved everything that happened in there and, and what the characters are doing um nice little short series definitely go out of your way to check it out folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live i hope you guys got to enjoy it again i hope you enjoy 
uh, the Super Bowl. I don't know what is going to happen <laughs> tonight or, or last night, I should say, if you're listening to this now. <laughs> Hopefully everything without without a hitch. Hopefully I'm not I'm not dating myself by anything crazy happening. God, I hope nothing happens. Um, and just enjoy everything and enjoy the week. Um, I didn't I felt to mention that uh, this month is the celebration, the 30th anniversary of Street Fighter. So in honor of that this week, because I don't have really too many games at the moment to review. I actually do have a lot of games that I can review. Um, I still got plenty of games I haven't played yet. But uh, in terms of new games that are coming out, we um, I haven't played yet. Um, but I'm going to, you know, talk about the 30th anniversary of Street Fighter and what it's meant to me. And actually, is it really the 30th anniversary? Because I thought they celebrated this already. It can't be the 30th anniversary. It, 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 they're celebrating a anniversary, but it, they claim that it turns 30 today. And I have reason to believe that's not the case. But because two years ago, they celebrated that. But even still, we're going to talk about that. We're going to um, enjoy it all because it, they said it premiered. Let me see. February 6th on Twitter, Capcom. Today marks 30th anniversary. Oh, okay. I guess they are celebrating the 30th anniversary. But it's funny because a lot of... In 2000... What, when I went to San Diego Comic-Con in 2017, they were still celebrating the 30th anniversary. I have a commemorative coin that says the 30th anniversary of Street Fighter. I have, you know, some commemorative items that say the 30th anniversary of Street Fighter. Maybe I should clear that up but with um, some of the Udon crew and ask about that. But nonetheless, we are going to talk a lot of things street fighter that day what is meant to me what is meant to people i got people asking talking about their first time they discovered it on the acmg facebook group so we're going to talk about all that celebrate one of my favorite genres thanks to this very game and of course a lot of other you know news that goes on i will say that next week also marks the premiere of super mario land uh, super mario uh 3d world plus bowser's fury so we will be definitely checking, talking about that. We'll, um, and, and, and as time goes by, plus Retro Mania Wrestling is also coming out uh, near the end. So there will be games that we talk about. Also, Persona 5 uh, Strikers is coming out, which I've already, of course, reviewed and played. But the, the English version is coming out. So we will definitely be uh, checking that out as well. So we will have games to be... Uh, talked about next week uh it during in the coming weeks we will have a lot more content and i believe this week i also will be doing a special episode um with a known friend of mine possibly one of the first interviews i've ever done ever (laughs) he's coming on to the show this week so stay tuned for that as well and you're gonna want to definitely if you're a retro gamer you definitely want to stick around to talk uh, to listen with me and him talk and um if you're an artist you also want to do it as well because he's a, a successful artist that handles pixel painting so uh stick around for that and much much more so folks thank you for checking out the show you can also check this out on talktimelive.com where you can find this show and every other show as well as our exclusive interviews with a lot of the, um, special people in the world of our favorite fandoms um, go to the exclusive page you can listen or watch the interviews as well uh, shout out to everybody who checked out the Brian Donovan episode um, one of the most watched episodes I've done the uh, the who is the voice of Rock Lee by the way or Naruto speaking of Naruto I have uh, me hosting the Q&A panel with the entire 
well, not the entire, with a with an enormous amount of um, cast members from the Naruto uh, show on my page as well. You can watch it there. Tons of content you can check out, and it's all free. It's all free. It's all about being fans. So check it out all there and much, much more. Or, and I should say, if you want to never miss a beat or an episode, you could check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, uh, Pandora, Pocket Cast, and Audible. All of those are, we're everywhere and anywhere you want or need to be and uh, to hear this show. So thanks again, everybody. So on, on that note, it is uh, quite a bit of a storm out here. So please be safe. Please keep everybody else safe and much more. So that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care, people. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.